0: You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partneronomics solutions, visit partnernomics.com. Welcome back to another episode of Partnernomics Podcast. Well, I guess we're going to have two different podcasts uh, baked into this one. I'm joined by my, my buddy, Adam Michalski. Uh Mr. Adam, how are things going today, sir?
1: Good, good. Gearing up for the 4th of July weekend. So um, super excited uh, that we are able to finally do this. I know we've been talking about it for quite some time. So yeah, yeah, really pumped for this session.
0: So Adam, what's the weather like up there? I've seen you guys on the news and uh, like some some record highs, right? Nice and warm?
1: Yeah, not as bad as the Pacific Northwest. Uh, one of our employees over in that area and I heard that they're breaking like 110, 115, which is crazy. Uh, but New York has been around a hundred. I think we've been hitting like seven ninety seven ninety eight. So it's uh, too early you, for that, man. <laughs> yeah, especially when you add in the humidity over here. The humidity is what's what what will kill you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah we definitely need to be finding some some water than uh, being around the holiday weekend.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, I think uh, for us, luckily, we have the the Jersey Shore over here. Where you can go up up north, if you'd like. So, so it's, uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll be all right. I'll be by the water this, uh, this weekend. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So Adam
0: and I, we've been uh, threatening for a few months to get together and do a podcast, do a little bit of a collaboration here, the two organizations. But Adam, we know him as the CEO of partner.com, uh, an awesome company that uh, our listeners of partneromics listeners are going to have a chance to learn a little bit more about. But Adam, I'm glad we finally got the, the calendars to align and able to knock out this podcast.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and likewise. I mean, like you mentioned, we're going to be cross posting this uh, across, you know, the partnered podcast as well. So uh, we're pretty pumped. I mean, you know, I think that this would be a, a pretty good conversation because I'm curious to dig a uh, learn a little bit from you, and hopefully, I can give you um, maybe maybe a couple, you know, tidbits of information in return. We'll say.
0: Oh, I have no doubt. I mean, I've got my pen and paper right here, buddy. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> going to be taking some notes on 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 your comments. Uh, so, Adam, man, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to just kind of have you kick into your background. You know, it's always, I'm, I'm fascinated of how people get into this, this partnering space, you know, whether they're developing products to, to help partners and, and partnering, or if they kind of are in the trenches doing uh, the biz dev partnering thing, uh, the channel thing on a day-to-day basis, but uh, love to just kind of dig into your background a little bit and see how
1: you, you landed
0: in the seat uh, that you're in today.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think, I mean, Go back. I mean, pretty much my entire career, I've been doing go to market work more broadly and I've been in either sales or business development you know, or partnerships uh, for pretty much my entire career, I would say. The last five years, which I was at a company based in the the Bay Area called Branch Metrics, Um, I joined them as an early employee to kind of help out build out the New York office, which is a go to market office for them. And what was really interesting is like a branch for people who aren't familiar is like a uh, a mobile SDK that companies can use for for marketing and attribution and worked with, you know, pretty much all of the top enterprises that you can think of. For us, when uh, we would go to market, uh, we had, I think about 5,000 ISV partnerships because of what our solution did. So we would integrate with a lot of different companies the value that the you know go-to-market teams specifically SDRs and account executives could get from that ecosystem was really profound like it was uh, an eye-opening moment for me because all of the best reps you know at our company were just very proficient at leveraging that partner ecosystem to close their deals or break into new deals or fast track their deals but the issue was all of the processes to actually you know run that that like uh, that type of like workflow was all manual you know the account mapping was manual the connecting the sales teams was manual the you know even for the partner managers tracking all the attribution for them was manual so the more and more I dug back it was like okay there's all of this value that's getting added, you know, for the sales team, for the partnership team, uh, for the broader organization, you know, like driving the revenue numbers, like, I mean, all of the data shows how impactful this could be, but there's no good technology. And it was just like, what the hell's going on over here? So yeah, start digging back a little bit further and just realize like, just there hasn't been as much investment in partnerships as i really think there should has like should have been you know for at least the past you know 10 to 20 years i think now that's starting to pick up um, and we're seeing a lot of you know large fundraises happening in the space but i still think we're really at the early innings of seeing like the evolution of partnerships going from more of like art, you know, like where the rest of the company is like, hey, what are those partnership people doing over there? I have no idea to to a, a science, you know, where all of the, the benefits um, that partnerships can provide will really become illuminated. And I think a large piece of that will be coming with the technology and hopefully partnered can be a small piece of that.
0: So, Adam, you had mentioned, uh, you know, funding and there's definitely seems to be a lot of funding uh, flowing across a lot of different businesses and definitely in the partnering space as well. Out of curiosity, was was Branch, were you guys funded by uh, Andreessen Horowitz?
1: Uh, so they were, I think Branch had a who's who of investors. I a mean, little bit was, of everybody. Uh, <laughs> Founders fund, uh, you know, we had like uh, you know, a lot of ex-Google folks. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, for, for, for Branch, I mean, there was definitely a, a lot of, I think a price at this point has probably raised over $200 million. Um, so right. it was yeah interesting to be there during that growth as well and really see like the entire life cycle of a company that's, of just getting off the ground to uh to like really becoming you know like a a unicorn in the space and i'm proud of the fact that yeah even back then at branch i closed the the first enterprise deal for them so uh it was (laughs) was, a a fun fun time to be around there that's for sure
0: no that's so awesome man when you had a chance to to be on something in the early stages man what what an incredible learning experience
1: yeah it's uh i mean I highly recommend it to anybody who wants to, you know, make a career out of being in early stage companies To just try and, you know, um, jump on one, you know, when that's, that's just going to grow because you're going to learn so many different things by having to actually just, you know, frankly do them. There's just not enough hands on, on the ship. Uh, but let me, so let me flip this on you real quick. I know where I'm going to do a quick interview. Uh, like, tell me a little bit about you, your background and how you uh, led, what, what led you to a uh, partneromics.
0: Yeah, so I started my career uh, in telecom, actually initially with the Marines. And uh, so my specialization was telecommunications and uh, then got some advice from one of my mentors whenever I hopped out of college and he said, go work for the biggest company you can, Uh, stay in one seat for about 18 months or less and just learn how business works. Go sell, go negotiate contracts, go build products, go see how marketing works. And uh, so I went to the biggest employer in Kansas City, uh, in telecom, and that was Sprint at the time. Quickly just got lucky and found this world of partnering and just absolutely fell in love. Uh, both of my parents, lifelong business owners. And so I just kind of had it in my blood to, to, to kind of do this entrepreneurial thing. But that's that's exactly what partnering meant for me, being able to work for a big company. And the most of my career uh, was actually spent in more of, I would say, the product side of, of partnering as opposed to uh, channel or sales specific partnerships. You know, I just, I love the build side, but the thing that I found was really interesting to echo some of the comments that you made, as I was going you know further into my career and then I was leading biz dev efforts for Sprint TV and, uh, you know, signing up all these huge, huge studios and, and building out the mobile television product. I was asking my VPs, you know, like, you know, so our sales counterparts have these sales methodologies they follow. They go to these week-long sales boot camps. Uh, they have these, these thought leaders, these Zig Ziglers of the world that they follow. Where's all this stuff at for partnering? I said, Mark, don't worry about it. It only takes about a decade and then you'll figure out what the hell you're doing. And it's called trial and error. Everybody does it. You're, you're fine, you're good. I was like, man, eh, I understand that, but I think there's gotta be a better way. And so in a parallel path, uh, I started into a college research program for seven years. I, mean, I just, I tried to dig down to the ground floor to figure out what are the imperatives for, for partnership success. And if you could build an end-to-end methodology for partnering, what would that look like? And so seven years later and over 300 interviews later, like I said, I mean, it was just I got super lucky uh, being at Sprint because we were partnered with you know, the, the Apples, the Googles, the Microsofts, the SAPs, the Oracles, I mean, all of these different companies, the Spotify's, the YouTube's, the Pandora's. And so I had an opportunity to interview all of these different executives to learn uh, what were their insights? How, where did they stub their toe? What were their lessons learned? And include those into a methodology. And so six years ago, we launched the company and work from you know, all around the world to, to help companies better leverage the power partnership.
1: Very cool. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, I would even argue like uh, today, it's still something that like is, is, we're getting there, you know, like it's one of the things where I think like uh, partnerships as a role is starting to slowly become a little bit more standardized. Um, We talk about this a lot on our podcast, you know, about how partnerships is a lot more unique than I think other parts of the organization because they can add value in so many different ways and, Partnering, frankly, can mean something completely different to to one company as it does to to a different company. So that's what makes, I think, the process of standardization and really being able to educate folks on it so much more difficult and unique. Um, But yeah, I mean, I applaud folks such as yourself who go ahead and actually like try to you know, provide all of the resources uh, because I think, yeah, for, for folks who are just getting into the role, it's just like, wait, well, what do I do here? You know, like you mentioned, sales has, you know, thousands and thousands of different books. Marketing has all of the resources that you could think of. And then it's like for partnerships, people are just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just go figure it out. You know? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, it's, it's trying to take it from art where we don't know exactly what the hell is going to be on the canvas whenever we're done to try to make it be a predictable science. And without a doubt, it could be a lot more predictable than than what we do. But I think one of the, the key factors is partnering can touch anything, right? I mean, you'd mentioned sales, you mentioned marketing, but partnering can touch anything. Pricing, finance, engineering, any and every component of the business, partnering can touch that. And so I think it's that very expansive role and scope that causes it to be a little bit behind others when it comes to really nailing down kind of an ironclad playbook.
1: Especially with the technology and the space and stuff like that, the viewpoint that I kind of look at it from is, Jay McBain I think puts out a really good piece for Forrester every single year on like how he breaks it down and like all the different pieces and. For us, I mean, we're, we're really hyper focused on like, you know, the co selling component of being able to leverage your partner ecosystem. But there's, uh, to your point, you know, so many different ways in which you can provide value from a partnership perspective. And I think all each and every one of those, you know, really has the nuances, uh, both from like an education and enablement perspective, but then also like from, uh, I think what we'll be seeing more, hopefully, in like the the tech, you know, the partnership tech faith more automation of a lot of these processes and really being able to actually amplify the efforts that a lot of folks have traditionally, I think, been doing more manually or really doing as like treating it as a human problem rather than a technology problem. So, so yeah, I'm pretty pumped uh, to to see, you know, like a lot of that fruition. I think we're, we're really in the minute, like the the beginning of it. Jay puts it pretty well. It's like the, the decade of partnerships, you know, and I think we're, we're just getting started. So,
0: Yeah, man, I I totally agree. I think, you know, I think back to some of the bigger partnering teams that I was on at Sprint, sometimes 28, 29, 30 plus partnering professionals, and we were doing deals, you know, if there were 30 people, we were doing deals 30 different ways, you know, I can't help but to think back then, and and definitely today, that there's got to be some efficiencies that can come out of having a standardized process and and one of the things that I'm really excited about is the work that companies like you are doing is to bring data in to really illuminate what's going on under the hood. And so we can better equip partnering professionals to make better decisions. And, and also to your point, there's there's a lot of stuff that's that is kind of a manual process, or we're maybe making bad decisions because you know we just we're not using data and so i think there's opportunities to to glean a lot of insights and to not only accelerate the process but it, it all comes down to greater levels of success you know i mean so many studies have shown 70% failure rate at the 2 year mark you know, 70% failure rate. So thank God partnering is uh, is valuable and CEOs, boards all the way down see it as valuable. <laughs> so we have jobs, but man, that just goes to show you how much room for improvement there is. Obviously it's never going to hit hundred percent, but it's got to be a hell of a lot better than 30% success.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, you touched on a really, really important point there that I think is near and dear to my heart is the data component. Like, Because I think Like when you look at any B2B organization, uh, which is really where we focus, like at the end of the day, you know, you have to be metrics driven or data driven as an organization. And the issue that I think has been like so foundational to holding partnerships back is that, you know, when it comes to the end of the quarter or when it comes to projecting what you're going to do for the upcoming year and then the end of the quarter or the end of the year when you have to report back on what you did, You know, you think about like every other part of the organization, tangible metrics that they can really provide, not only in advance but also historically to say how they're performing. And I think because partnerships can add value in so many different ways, it's yes, you can do this in some way, shape, or form. But still, a lot of those processes and workflows are 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 really insufficient in a lot of ways, which ultimately leads to like at the end of the you know at the end of the quarter, the end of the year, when you're looking back, the exec team is getting. At yeah, some organizations, we've seen like 60 to 80% less attribution than they actually should be getting. So, when the exec team's looking at that, it looks like sales is crushing it, marketing is crushing it. And then it's just like, okay, partnerships, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like they're doing something, but The reality is like when you actually do properly attribute all the activities is like all of the, it becomes very, very clear how impactful the partnership organization is. And I mean, I think we've even seen over the last year or so we're past that, that point now, but I mean, back when, you know, everything, uh, companies started having to tighten the belt and everything like you, you see the effects of this really, really like, you know, front and center where it's like, okay, well, we have to cut resources and companies, you know, will look to, to cut partnerships because they're like, oh, data shows that they're not actually performing. And then, you know, the little trailing indicators will show how short sighted of a that, that decision was. And then they're like, oh, wait, what's going on here? But I think a lot of that is just really getting the right data infrastructure and attribution in place. And once you can start to see that, like the effect that partnerships have, again, for us, we're really focusing heavily on the sales cycle. It really becomes so obvious that A, partnerships are touching probably the vast majority of your deals uh, from like an influence standpoint, sourcing likely, you know, anywhere from 20 to 40% if you're in like a good, you know, good program. And then also being able to, you know, really influence a substantial amount of your pipeline. So, so, yeah, I think once you start to actually put data behind that, then it becomes so clear why partnerships are important to the organization, why it requires additional investment, um, and why you should definitely not be firing those folks.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think we finally hit that inflection point where, you know, the CEO, the C-suite, they understand, they know there's value there. And now it's a matter of making the investment into tools like yours and others to really start to illuminate that uh, a lot better. Because before it was was a lot of guessing, Uh, even understanding like what the full process is and how the partnering team is pulled into it, uh, getting that process nailed down, getting everybody using that process, pulling data in, getting data clean, right? Kind of junk in, junk out. Well, how can we make sure that, you know, that we're getting that clean data to, and putting it into tools, you know, like yours, so that it does illuminate that, and it informs our decisions, and we can, you know, we can get better. As I think back to my career, I'm sure you're the same way. Think back 20 years ago, we have come a long ways in 20 years of pulling data, having better dashboards, actually having data that's usable, <laughs> yep. especially from the partnering space. Because up until you know very recent, we just were not there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean. You can try to figure it out all yourself, um, or you can you can uh, you can just head over to partner.com and we can figure it out for you. <laughs> no, I mean I I had to go ahead and plug it, but uh, I promise that will be the only time. Um, I guess the, the so I had I had some questions for you that I think would be interesting here. You've spent you know seven years like obviously thinking through all the nooks and crannies of like you know how you can go about getting somebody you know from from really you know basic knowledge of partnerships all the way up to like becoming an expert. So I would be curious, like if you had to sum that up um, and just hit on like the top three points that are really, you're trying to convey to those folks who are trying to essentially, you know, really ramp their learning curve, what would those top three points be? Man, big
0: question there. And so I guess I would like to start off by answering it by just saying that partnerships, a lot of times, because approximately 75% of partnerships are more sales focused Um, A lot of people, whenever they just think of partnerships, a lot of times their brains just immediately go to sales. You know, how can we do that? But really, I mean, partnering goes a bit higher than that. And so I think, you know, whenever we try to figure out, you know, how do we become this this partnering ninja, we I think we jump into the weeds a little bit too fast. And so I think success starts um, at a higher level of having a real... You know, just like your, your computer has an operating system, your phone has an operating system. You know, we believe that that partnering teams should have an operating system to identify a lot of those core pieces. I mean, st- stuff as simple as metrics, dashboards, goal setting, uh, vision, mission, core values, this, this really nailing down who you are as an organization. What does success look like? What are you trying to accomplish? Various core processes. How are you going to do that? really starting there and getting everybody on that same page. And, and then this, the second piece of that from like kind of a big core process perspective, we call it the five phase partnering process. And this is that iterative flywheel that we go through of building the strategy with a, a specific, we call a strategic partnering plan, a 12 element plan. Uh, the second phase is engage. So going out and finding um, those partners that are well aligned with what we're trying to accomplish. I think so many times whenever we're seeking partners, we immediately go to whatever the resources that we need that will take our business to the next level. But we completely ignore you know, those, those softer side, the, the cultural side of what, you know. at least we say 50% of the success equation you know, over 50% of of success of your partnerships happens before you ever sign a deal. It's not just about the deal terms, but it's really about having both strategic alignments and cultural alignments with those organizations. And so, you know, I think partnership success and becoming a total partnership ninja, it really starts with understanding the, the underlying frameworks for success. And, and again, kind of like how we had talked about before, I think partnerships touches so many different things, especially if you're responsible for the full continuum of, of, of partnerships. So you know, what do I mean by that? Well, innovation. And I think as we step further into the future, you know, the partnering tool is, is going to connect into the traditional channel, but it's going to use a lot more innovation um, you, know, to, you, you mentioned Jay McBain earlier, I, he shares there needs to be a, a 10x increase in the quantity of partnerships over the next three to five years. And a lot of those partnerships that, that are going to come in are, are going to also include some innovation uh, that's, that's going to help us differentiate, but really it comes down to providing more value to our customers. And so it's everything from, uh, I think a lot of things that are overlooked is emotional intelligence. Uh, so whenever we're we're thinking about how do we build rapport, how do we work with people, how do we resolve conflict, um, how do we relationship build, how do we have empathy, and it's not just checking a box that we understand it, but it's it's truly having those skills. Um, and I think it, I personally think it takes a lifetime. You know, I mean, I've been doing the partnering thing for over two decades. I've been researching partnership success at a very deep level for over 12 years man there's there's still so much there's still so much further that we could go
1: yeah I, I have a good question here and i don't want to open up all the wounds but i was going to say if you uh you know when you were at sprint and you were just getting started um if you could tell yourself you know or wish you knew something at that point that you do now like what what would that be um, and the reason why I ask this question is because I think it's super helpful. You know, like a lot of folks who are getting to the role, like um, you're going to make mistakes no matter what, you know, but uh, I think it's the most important thing. is like, if you can, you know, really avoid like the largest pitfalls out there and like you can really do a good job of, kind of just expediting your, 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 your path of success. So I always love to to learn like, what, what are the things that are the obstacles that, that you wish you could have avoided, you know?
0: <laughs> Man, awesome question. And that's exactly why I started Partnernomics. And what I had in mind is, you know, Mark, what is the toolbox you wish you would have had day one to do this, this role, the importance of relationships, never burn a bridge. <laughs> it's, it's a small world. I there's people that I, mean, I literally teed up an email yesterday from somebody that I met 20 years ago for somebody else. Um, it's it's such a small world after all. Uh, it's it's about relationships. It's about connection. But I would say my biggest takeaway is. Be willing to give value before or without even expecting value. You know, I truly believe that it does come around. It it is about kind of giving and having the giving heart. You know, it's the difference between being transactional or collaborative. You know, what, what I would say is try to help others be successful and somehow magically you
1: will be successful. Yeah, I think that's, I'm going to spin it back on you. Now you got to answer. That's such a good one. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, I think, I think you're so right there, you know, that at the end of the day, it's like, you can't look at any, like, I mean, and that applies frankly to even more broadly than partnerships, you know, I think it's just in life in general or any type of business, you know, like being able to actually provide value. It helps in so many different ways, you know, and also just establishes you like as credible and establishes you as a thought leader. like if people coming to you and asking for stuff. So I think like, you know, it really is so helpful. And then eventually, you know, Parma uh, will, will turn around and hopefully, you know, reward you. So I think that's a really good one. What I'm do gonna hit I you think? with another
0: question, Adam. Yeah, let's uh, do it. What's your view just in general on competition? You know, I mean, if we think back to like Apple's life, you know, a lot of people yep. don't realize Apple is on the brink of bankruptcy and it's been argued that if it wasn't for Microsoft, uh, Mr. Gates pumping in, you know, well over a hundred million dollars to, to give them a little bit more, a little bit more life that they may never have survived. What's, what's your general view on competition and, and how does that play into, well, this, this concept of co-opetition? Do you, yep. you see opportunities where you compete, but then also partner?
1: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think that's a great question. So my stance um, in pretty much, or I'd say 99% of scenarios is that competition, I think, is very often you build like an entire like folklore. on like, why it's so important and why the competitors are really like, you know, important. And at the end of the day, it's like usually I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday, actually where rising tides like will raise all ships like I think folks need to be less concerned about competition and frankly more concerned about like not having competition at least at the earliest stages of a company and even into the growth stages because if you're doing something that is important you're always going to have competition like at the end of the day, there's, and you're going to, if you're doing something that people want, there's always going to be competition. It's when, you know, you have no competition that you're, you should be second guessing yourself and wondering if you're doing the right thing. Because otherwise, I mean, you know, oftentimes then you're doing something that nobody cares about. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so, <laughs> so I think, I mean, my stance on it is like, like a go-to-market standpoint and just thinking about it from like a pure strategy perspective. Like I think competition is a good thing. Then I think, you know, like the question then becomes like, you know, how do you approach competition? I yeah, I mean, maybe it's just my personality and maybe it's, I guess, because I'm uh, technically a Canadian or a Canadian by birth, <laughs> uh, but I always prefer to, to work, you know, with folks that are in our space. And I mean, this is a great example, like, you know, working with folks on podcasts uh, and working with folks in the space. Like at the end of the day, especially in the partnership space, like it, there's really, you know like you said like life is short you know like you want to make sure that you don't burn any bridges you want to like create as many parts like uh, you know partnerships obviously from a company perspective but also just from a human human connection you know perspective Uh, because you never know when that's going to be impactful for you so so yeah i think i I don't know i might have a little bit of uh you know i don't know if i would say unique but definitely like different opinion on competition like i think in a lot of a good thing in a lot of ways, like you can embrace that um, and use it to your advantage. Uh, I just don't think that, you know, looking at it as like a zero sum game is necessarily like the, the best approach in life.
0: Yeah, man, I think you're so right. I, we share a philosophy that your, your greatest competition should be your own mark of excellence for yourself. And I couldn't agree more with what you said that, you know, competition is what brings out the best in all of us. And uh, without competition, you know, we 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 cut ourselves short, I think, you know, is Steve Jobs that said, you know, Microsoft does does not have to lose in order for us to win. You know, it's you, exactly you, you can get away from the zero sum, you know, and go for the multiplier effect. And, uh, yeah.
1: And you're getting started to think like, oh, somebody else is doing this or somebody else is like, you know, competing in the space and therefore I can't do it. Like, I just don't think that that's a good way of approaching, you know, situations, partnerships or, you know, even relationships. Like, um, I just think, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, like you can flip the coin glasses half full, you know, for, for competition. So.
0: <laughs> and so true. I think that it's, it's a difference between companies or executives, founders, entrepreneurs who are money driven as opposed to mission-driven. Yep. You know, Our mission is to make strategic partnering become a core competency for every client. As long as we help that, we're good with it. We don't even look at the exactly. background. We know that lot, we can exactly. provide
1: value. It's a lot of work that, exactly. like When you think about these larger missions, like it's... It, I think a lot of folks would be naive to think that they would be the only reason why like you can make such a big change. Like it it takes, you know, um, it takes that tide rising and it takes multiple different companies, multiple different institutions and different folks who are contributing to that to really make fundamental change. And so, I mean, when I bring it back to like the partnership space, like, I think, you know, folks such as yourself, folks such as like, you know, these communities, like uh, partnership leaders, like cloud software association, like all these different, you know, areas in which folks can share best practices, really learn from each other, figure out the areas where, um, where they, um, where they shouldn't, you know, really be focusing their efforts and find out the pitfalls, like they should be avoiding as they're, as they're really scaling. Like, I think all of that is basically like slowly chipping away at getting partnerships to where it should be, you know, within the organization. It's. And it's going to take time, it's going to take a lot of effort, it's going to take a lot of different parties, you know, who are going to be involved in that. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, for, for us, like every single time that I see, you know, folks successful in the space, whether it be a podcast, you know, an organization, uh, a, you know, a conference or anything, um, all of that is like, it puts a smile on my face because at the end of the day, it's one step closer to where we need to be.
0: Yeah, man, so true. I love that. And it just kind of, it really dovetails into this about ecosystems right? I mean, there's there's so many roles to be played. And uh, man, I'm so excited to see how the next five to 10 years unfolds because, I mean, I think we're going to see partnerships just really take on some rocket fuel.
1: Yeah, I would be curious too. I know, um, I mean, we don't want to over um, overextend ourselves here, but I'd be curious. I mean, to like to ask you some questions about partneromics. Like, I mean, like uh, more notably, like who do you guys typically uh, work with? Like, is it a program that folks will typically sign up themselves? Do you usually work with companies? Um, and like, from that perspective, how how do uh, how do you recommend like folks get started? You know, with all the awesome co- like coursework that you put together.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for yeah, thanks for the question. In a nutshell, what we have developed is our three core courses, and each of those are uh, six hours. It's all video based, but they're six hours each and people can come onto our platform partnernomics.com go through the courses themselves or what most people do is they either take what we call a cohort approach so we have a 15-week program so think of it as like a college class uh, we have we have a 15-week program where people go through all three courses over those 15 weeks and they consume the video content you know about an hour hour and 20 minutes uh, per week on their own time and then we have one-hour uh, video conferences where we do debriefs on the content. And so we have cohorts, which is up to seven people from seven different companies, or we have a team approach, um, like for example, with Dell um, that we took uh, through that. It's you know seven members from, from a single company. And so that just allows them to really dig into their own uh, company processes you know, without you know, worrying about sensitive information being shared. But uh, we work globally, companies you know, all over the world from Fortune 50s all the way down to startups. I'd asked you earlier about Andreessen Horowitz, we do uh, work with uh, some of their different portfolio companies. But uh, really companies of any size, the, the kind of the main thing is that we want to have full-time partnering professionals uh, as, as our learners. So if somebody's just kind of in a part-time partnering role, it's usually not a good fit. Yeah, our core program is to take them through the the fifteen-week coaching program, and it comes with a, a workbook. That uh, the idea is, whenever they finish the fifteen weeks, they literally have a one hundred and twenty-page workbook that is their team's, their company's partnering playbook.
1: Very cool. Yeah, and I think so needed at a lot of organizations. So. I mean, for our folks listening on the Partner Podcast, I'll go ahead and I'll link out to uh, some of those resources that Mark had mentioned in our show notes. So definitely be sure to check those out.
0: Uh, on the Partnernomics side, Partnernomics Podcast, our listeners, how can they connect with you and to learn more about uh, partner.com?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, a couple, couple things. I mean, one for us, the, the partner podcast is something that we post every Monday with the awesome folks such as yourself. We're really movers and shakers in the industry. Yep, and that's where we talk about you know best practices um, and really you know, pitfalls avoid. Yeah, it's an awesome, stay focused- awesome
0: podcast. So everyone needs to <laughs> jump in there and subscribe to it.
1: Um. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I've learned a lot. But yeah, you can check that out, you know, partneredpodcast.com um, for, if you're really looking to amplify your co-selling or just get a, you know, like uh, out of the box framework uh, for running the entire process, you can check out partnered.com. Uh, we currently have a wait list up, uh, but if you mentioned in the, in the wait list that you were recommended uh, by Mark, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll give you, you know, instant access. So feel free to check us out there. Um, and then more broadly, I mean, if you have any questions or any house like I'm always happy to geek out on partnerships and discuss whenever so you can find me on LinkedIn um, Mahalski uh, or you can just hit me up at any time at adam.com
0: I will say Adam I feel like I could talk to you for about the next four or five hours man I've, I'm just scratching the surface all the questions I have for you we're going to, have to do this again
1: <laughs> we definitely will we definitely will um, yeah I mean it's been a long time coming I'm excited we got a chance to finally connect but we uh, I'm sure our paths will cross again soon
0: Awesome. Thanks, Adam. We'll definitely do it again, buddy.
1: Appreciate it, Mark. Thank you. Partneronomics
0: Podcast is brought to you by Partneronomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partneronomics Podcast, visit Partneronomics.com.